Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The bank that here, belated happy new year. It has been some time. I think it's been about what two months, people. We have our usual 15 people in the studio. Hello, everybody. We have some interns from a couple of uh, charter schools in the area swinging by. We have a uh, Sandy working the control boards in the uh, studio back there. What's going on, people? They can't, you really can't hear them because the glass between myself and them, people. It has really been a long time, hasn't it? I think it was back in November. A lot has been going on. Uh, right now, I'm getting over uh, or am I still suffering from a tooth? So I have to get some uh, dental work in the near future. So I'm a little medicated. So if I sound a little lightheaded, let's just say some good uh, medication they're giving me. All right? Not of the uh, medicinal, medicinal <laughs> complex. But anyways, listen, seriously, it's 2002. A lot's been going on in the world first. We have to give love, and we have to give a lot of prayer and a lot of support to our Haitians. Uh, they had that devastating earthquake several weeks ago. Hundreds and thousands have been killed, millions displaced, Port-au-Prince destroyed people. It's, it's literally like Revelations has landed in Haiti. And we have to be careful when we talk about Haiti and use the words, the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere, or poverty, that there's poverty everywhere. I can look out the window right now and see 15 homeless people on a cardboard box in front of my window down the street on Broadway Avenue here in downtown Los Angeles. So we have to be careful about what words we're using uh, to talk about our Haitian brothers and sisters. Uh, Where I teach at New Design Charter School, I uh, spoke to uh, Kelly Murray, student body president, and told her what was going on, showed a couple of clips about the culture of Haiti. Uh, the day after the earthquake had taken place, I went in there and spoke to the students, my 11th grade cohort, 11A. I was very emotional because those are our people. Their ancestors came from what is now Congo, uh, the region of Congo and Angola. So those are our people. We're related by blood. And I had love for the Haitians going back to my days in Boston, going back to my, my growing up in Congo. Raul Peck, who's a Haitian, he directed Lumumba. He grew up in Congo, so he knew the nuances of in that movie. So people... I know we have certain situations coming up right now in reference to Americans were stopped by Haitian Dominican border to try to take us try to take some orphans across the border. Thankfully, the Haitian police didn't betray the country. They stopped the people, arrested the people, confiscated the kids, and the people, uh, these abductors, they're supposed to be from some organization, save the children or whatever it's called, are supposed to appear before a magistrate. I've always been concerned. I always ask myself how many kids have been snatched in DRC during the last 13 years. You know, so, again, let's, let's rewind it back a little bit. My Haitian people, Jimmy Jean-Louis, you know, he raised some money. The, the students did the initiative. He had the 6th graders to the 12th graders. Well, I don't know about the 12th graders, but I know the 6th graders to the 11th graders. Nickels, dimes, pennies, dollars, teachers throwing in. Uh, Miss Alvarado, Miss Levine was talking, uh, Mr. Herring, Tran, uh, Miss Rakaya Curtis. 
uh, the people was a, was a, was about the business who were getting involved, but definitely it was a student-led initiative. I just guided them. So again, let's give our love and support to the Haitians. We're going to donate our money to Hollywood United for Haiti. It's run by a good friend of mine, Jimmy Jean Louis. I've known him for some time. Uh, he's also uh, plays the Haitian on, and that's the name of the character, the Haitian on uh, Heroes. And he was, has been back and forth between L.A. and Haiti since the earthquake uh, transpired. Good shout out to my friend Patrick Bashian, photographer from Boston, a fellow Haitian also. I've known him for many years. Did my first photo shoot out here. Mark Rodney back in New York. Wendy Abraham, giving love. You know, I've known them since my days back in Boston. Mark is now back in New York. Wendy's still out here. I know some. I know how it's affecting them. And a lot of Congolese know how it feels of what the Haitians are going through. We had a volcano, basically. I believe it was a couple years ago. Split the city of Goma or was it Bukavu? Uh, split the city in half. And with the war and the conflict and the exploitation of our country, we. We, we can, I think we're one of the few people, I could be wrong, you know, when I say I know what the Haitians are going through, I can tell I know what the Haitians are going through. Now, the difference has been the response in that, you know, $58 million as of a couple of days ago was raised during the George Clooney-led telethon, uh, Hope for Hate, everybody turned out for that. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see all of it. And I know a lot of Congolais was wondering, you know, what about us? You know, about all the men that have died during our conflict when we were invaded by Rwanda and Uganda. But, you know, again, it's that question that leads to today's show. Who actually speaks for Congo? I know for my brothers and sisters back in the day, my brothers and sisters now, a lot of times uh, the Anglos or other organizations will come to the black community and say, who are your leaders? And the brothers and sisters will come back and say, well, who's yours? <clears throat> There's not one person speaking for the, the whole race, the Latino race, Native American race, Italian, Irish, what have you. But it seems like people seem to expect there needs to be one voice or one leader for the black community. And I think when it comes down to the Congo Day, it's the same thing. I think if people are wondering who exactly is speaking on behalf of the Congo. You have some people running around uh, saying that there are allies of Congo or what have you. But yet, these are the same people who actually were supporting the invasions uh, years ago, 96, 98. And why is there so many people quick to blame Uganda, Rwanda, and the Americans, and the British, and the West for the invasion? Yet they're very silent at pointing out or calling out the Congolese that helped them, uh, that opened the door for the invasion to take place in the first time. The Wambas, the Depochens, the Onusumbas, the Undekanis, those folks. Why are, they, why are they allowed to walk around Hand Street? Roberto's walking around Kinshasa, I believe, last year. I don't know where he's at now. Maybe back in Bujumbura trying to, you know, be the delegate, you know, for the Congolese uh, Tutsis who have taken refuge there. Who knows? But the question again is, who is speaking on behalf of the Congo? Do we have to have one person speaking? There's enough room for differences, different points of view, different aesthetic of thought, different lyrical flows. Does there have to be one voice? Or is because there's too many voices that are counterproductive to the culture of, of DRC that the voices that are productive and supportive for the DRC are being silenced? I ask you that. I ask you, what do you feel? Let's take a little break here. What I want to do is I want to do a little song, not really a little song, but I want to do a, a shout-out to, uh, you know, Haiti. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it now, but I'll do it at the end of the show. A uh, little prayer for the Haitian people down there, but I don't want to do it right yet. So let's take a quick break, and we shall come back. A break for love. Talk to me, Ray. Talk to me. Thank you. 
bass line down to Haiti. Haitian, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, that felt good. That felt good. That felt good. Sandy, I know you tempted back there to mix it up again, but not yet. We we have a show to do. We have a lot to catch up. We only have four. People, you want to call in, come talk to me, 646-595-2892, 646-595-2892. You can also rock with me live. Chat. If you're on the page listening to it live on the Internet, you can chat with me live. I'll read your questions. I'll give you some love. If you have something to say, talk to me. If you have something you want to hear, ask, of it, ask me of it or ask of it of me. Does that make sense? Okay. Hey, I'm medicated, but this is for the people. So I'm going to give you a little story back, a little story of, uh, to set this up uh, as to what I'm talking about because I'm very concerned. The lack of a unified voice for the DRC is very evident in the response to our extermination taking place in Eastern Congo versus the response to the Haitians. Now, years ago, you know, as, as a publisher of comic books, DC Comics uh, was the distributor for a comic book publisher called Milestone. It was a bunch of brothers and sisters back in New York. Uh, Michael Davis, uh, Dwayne McDuffie, uh, uh, Dennis Cowan, and a few other brotherhoods. Uh, They got some people from the community involved. Not a lot of the brothers, but they're a black-owned company. They put out their product. Uh, It was hardware, icon, blood syndicate, static, and, you know, stories, that were really popular, and they gave some new cats a, a shot to really make it an industry. And one day, uh, out of nowhere, another organization uh, came to the horizon called ANIA, A-N-I-A. You know, a good friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in years, though, but a good friend of mine at the time named Roosevelt Pitts. It was the other brothers who were on a book. One I wasn't really cool with uh, was a, a Zuana, son of Zulu. It was a really odd comic book. A guy running around in loincloths pretending to be a Zulu warrior chasing Anglo women, but, you know, the Constitution provides a freedom of speech. But anyways, what happened was, instead of standing on their own merit, that being Ania, they decided to attack Milestone, saying Milestone wasn't really a black comic book company, it wasn't really owned by the brothers that were over there, it was really owned by D.C. I don't remember the Milestone brothers like uh, Dwayne McDuffie and those guys responding to those attacks, uh, lashing back at them. They just stayed the course. Uh, Milestone's characters have been integrated up to the DC universe. So now you'll see, I believe you already saw Static, Static Shot. He had a TV series for a little while. But it was really interesting. Ania wasn't getting attention based on the quality of their artwork. And they had some good stuff. You know, Machindo uh, Kumbo was doing some work with them, uh, some other people. They were really getting attention based on criticizing Milestone. That's all they were doing. That was basically the reason why people talked about them. And when I look at what's happening now in the community of the Congolese, when it comes to the community of the Congolese advocacy, I'm kind of seeing the same thing. You know, you have the people out there who have long been fighting for the DRC, for the people of Congolese of the Senor, fighting for the population, the voiceless, who have been out there for forever are being marginalized or being attacked by those people who are basically, as I call, Congolese advocates come lately. You know, they're very quick to point out the 96 invasion. They're very quick to point out 98 invasion. They're very quick to point out the, uh, the support of the Americans towards Rwanda, the British, and what have you. But it's very interesting that I know, and that, trust me, I've been in this game, as my brother Mekongo articulately put it, our family, and by extension, our, and I mean my blood relatives, have been defending DRC for over 100 years. And that's not a typo, and that's not bragging, that's not saying anything that can't be proven. Now, it's kind of a lot of these people running around talking about they're the, you know, defenders of Congo or speak on behalf of the Congo are very quick to attack, attack other Congolese who don't share their point of view. And it's really sad when a lot of times these people running their mouths aren't even Congolese. They're over there talking about what a Congolese should think, or what a Congolese should do, and what a Congolese should not. That's like me telling a woman what to do when she has morning sickness. How am I supposed to know what it feels like to have morning sickness? I, I'm not that guy who, who was, quote, unquote, pregnant. You know, that sensation a couple of years uh, last year. That's not me. 
I can't tell a woman what it's like to have menopause. I can't tell a young girl what it's like to grow up to be a teenage a teenage girl, you know, experiencing her womanhood. For the, how how that you gonna think I'm crazy or wonder about my background? So for me, I just find it very interesting that I'm not talking about the Amini Kajuju who just came back from back home and has some glorious, glorious, glorious pictures of DRC, particularly when she went to the East and went to Goma. Oh, my God. People, she has some photographs. Let me tell you, there are some houses there that look better than some of the houses I see here in Los Angeles. I I'm telling you. Amina, in her position back there in New York, has always advocated for the DRC. Sylvester so Ngoma with Congo Vision has advocated for DRC. You know, Angeline and her husband back there in, in D.C. have advocated for the DRC. Franklin Katunda, you know, uh, the Rajas with edukongo.org. And, you know, Leisha Bulela, Isabel uh, Kalubi and Chalumba, Kabango uh, and all those folks. My family, Origination, the singer management, my brother Omekongo. You know, I mean, uh, Solange and Hugh Get down there in Miami, Tina and Gangua. I mean, that's just, you know, off the top of my head. I can go on for about a good hour and a half. These folks out there advocating for Congo on behalf of Congo. They're not trying to use Congo to elevate themselves. But we have a few people out there running around in the cut, as the brothers and sisters say, talking about always quoting Lumumba. Dead. He's not, he's not coming to the next Independence Day party. Mulele's dead. He's not coming to the next Independence Day party. Kimpavita, Bukaya, Lilinga, all these people, they're dead. We have their words of inspiration. But we keep quoting the words of inspiration and reside ourselves in the past with those words of inspiration as relative to what was going on back then, times right now. We're never going to move forward. And we'll always say, as our brothers and sisters go through, we will always say we're not good enough because we're not them. How many brothers do you think don't feel the weight that brothers in the United States or what have you in the black culture feel that they don't have the, they don't have the clout to talk about the struggle in the community? If they know what the struggle in the community is, because they don't think the level of a Martin or a Malcolm or a Medga or a Sophie or what have you or a Huey. They, they don't feel all the sisterhood who think they're not on, on the level of an of a, of a, of a, a Angela Dantini or what have you. Because they're saying, I'm not on that level, so I'm going to back down. Well, it's one thing to quote Lumumba about what he says about our history. It's another thing if you're going to sit there and say, you know, this is what Lumumba said. Lumumba was killed back in the 60s. This is 2010. How many Lumumbas have been killed out in the East? How many Mukangis and Mulelis have been killed in the East? We need to honor those people. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you can roll around talking to these folks talking about Congo as though they, 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 they're Congolese, but they're not Congolese. And I'm going to tell you straight up, and they know who they are because I know they're listening, because I can, I can see them on my, my service right here through my server. There's a lot. There's a few folks, these organizations running around led by people who, yeah, they're advocating for Congo now. But they're the same ones whose organizations have been taking donations from Rwanda. And not but a couple of years ago when Congo first got invaded in 96 and again 98, they were out there supporting the Rwanda because it was their way of we, we need to remove Mobutu. They didn't say anything about the Bahutu getting slaughtered in the East. They didn't say anything about the Congolese getting slaughtered by the Tutsis who survived the genocide in 94, joining, joining the RPF, Kagame's army, as they came with the ADF fellows from the East and, and slaughtered, and slaughtered uh, Congolese because they said we couldn't find the Rwandan Hutu refugees, we'll kill the Congolese. These very same people are going around here not trying to criticize everybody else in reference to what a Congolese should think, what a Congolese should do. Well, how is it they're becoming that the spokespeople for, for, for Congo? What have they exactly done? So we can go down the list because it's very funny because I talk about the situation as it comes to the, the Stone Congo book coming back in the day in Ania, and you look at the attack that enough has been taken from some of these Congolese advocates out there in, in, in the United States or raise hope for Congo out there in the United States. How people want to attack them. How people will say, well, you know, John Pendergrass used to work for the Clinton organization and his hands are tied, are, are, are bloody because he was part of the Clinton administration that was involved in okaying the invasion of Congo. Well, um, it's kind of funny that I seem to have seen John Prendergrass more on television and in eastern Congo than some of these Congolese advocates running their mouths and whatnot. Now, maybe you might not agree with what his strategy is, Maybe you might not agree with his politics, political view, whatever they may be. But I just know I have seen him many a time condemn Rwanda in public, Uganda, in public. But what happens if he doesn't say it the way to be said, then people will say he just wants to make money. Well, let me break it down to you as it has to be broken down to you. 
why would be why would a lot of these quote unquote Congolese advocate organizations or spokespeople be if there was peace in Congo? These organizations back in the day before ninety six. The organization we had back in the 90s and 80s was Anacosa. I believe it was the North American Association of Zayua. What were these people doing back in 96? What were they saying? Who were they supporting? I remember some marches in D.C. I don't remember seeing any of these people. I mean, I was, I'm talking about when I was my, my, my Tom Tones and Gola was teaching at Howard. I used to be in D.C. all the time. I didn't see some of these people out there waving the Zayua flag or holding up the love and support. Where were they? Where they were? They didn't give a rat's behind about Congo. Now all of a sudden they they they, they read a couple of speeches by Lamont, say a little history about Leopold, and all of a sudden they're the experts on Congo. Give me a break. Let me see something. Do you see Congolese marching on, on behalf of our Jewish brothers and sisters, speaking on their behalf? No. We support those brother, brothers and sisters in the Judaic community. We support people in the other community, the Haitians, the Irish, the Armenians, what have you. But they are at the forefront of their cause, of their voices, of their struggle when it comes to the Holocaust. We can support them. But when you come to the situation of the D, it's inverted. You're seeing a lot of people who are not Congolese speaking on behalf of Congo. And you ask yourself, where were they back in the day? Now people want to say, oh, it's black people in the middle of Congo. Here we go. Now we take, we're trying to attach the, 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 the skin articulation of the, of the classification of the ethnic groups in the United States, a black, white, and other, non-white, Latino, or non-African-American Hispanic, which I still haven't figured out yet when I see that classification at school. Now they want to take that, they want to take that ide- ideology and take it over to Congo and say these are black Africans dying. No, these are Congolese dying. All right, let's get it straight. So the same people that are talking their mouths right now saying that they are the uh, spokespeople for the DRC, when was the last march they've organized in front of the Rwandan embassy in D.C.? When was the last march they've organized in front of the Sudan embassy in D.C.? When Kandami was out here in L.A., down in Orange County at Rick Warren's church, I believe it's called uh, Saddlebrook, where was the Congolese? The gay and lesbian community was out there because Kandami apparently is a president of the gay and lesbian in Rwanda. Gay and lesbian took their flag, the rainbow flag, and attached it to the Congolese. Now, that pissed me off because I'm like, wait a minute. That's the, you keep your flag for, your, for the struggle. You can't link it to our struggle in our culture, in our country, because we're, we're talking about the extermination of, of an entire region of people, Congolese. We support the idea, we support the cause of marching for rights and what have you, the oppression. At the same time, it's like too many of my brothers and sisters say the struggle in, in the gay and lesbian community is a struggle is, is is similar to the struggle of the civil rights movement, and a lot of brothers and sisters don't appreciate. It's, it's, not a, it's not a lateral uh, comparison that you can do. The struggles are totally different. But I come back to say that we have to respect people's rights. We can support other people's rights. But it seems like people out there speaking on behalf of Congo don't support the rights of the Congolese themselves who have been advocating for Congo to say what's really going on, what we really need to do. And if you do, you know what they do? They come attack. Oh, I think they do because they're jealous. The only thing they can do, they can't, I mean, if they're really a concern about Congo, if they're really about, oh, we have to stop the support of uh, the, uh, the exploitation of Eastern Congo and stuff like that, you know what? Stop being a bitch. Stop being a punk. Why don't you organize some kind of Congo relief like they did, like George Clooney did for the Haitians? Why don't you do something where you're selling T-shirts and stuff like that, and 100% of the money goes back to Congolese women, and you verify to the Congolese women? Because let me tell you right now, so many of these people who are out there running their mouths, yeah, their heart may be true for them, but they're using Congolese. It's like that pastor in church. The, the pastor is using the church to elevate himself. He's not using himself to elevate the church. And a lot of these Congolese advocates are using the Congo to advocate to elevate themselves, to build their resumes for themselves, to build their careers for themselves. They're not trying to advocate on the voices. Let me tell you right now, if peace came to Congo tomorrow, 90% of those NGOs and 90% of these advocates running around right now would be out of business by Friday. They know it, and I, and you know me. I'll call them out in a minute because Congo is where I'm from. Those are my people dying. I don't need some clown trying to tell me what. The issue is in Congo. It's like a couple of years ago, we were doing um, uh, my memorial, our genocide memorial. We did uh, in New York. 
a couple years ago I did in L.A., and I remember a good friend of mine came in, and he started reading the history. He's a brother from L.A. He's about the movement, about the struggle. And he started reading the history of, uh, of Congo, being with Leopold. Now, uh, mind you, this was a Congolese memorial. The room was like 95% Congolese. We already knew the history. But he was showing the love and showing that he had knowledge of the game. But I had to go up and tell him, say, look, we already know all this stuff. Let's just get to why you're here. You know? But he showed the respect. You're right. This is your culture. You know? I should understand and know that you guys already know what's going on. Now, let me come back again. Why are people so envious of what's going on, of these other organizations, instead of aligning with them, instead of supporting them, instead of saying, you know what, they're on TV, that helps our cause. Instead, people are like, well, he's, you know, they're on TV, and they're not saying it right, and they're not in the right place in Congo. Well, again, are you really for Congo or for yourself? Because you're listening to me, you know who I'm talking about. You know a few people I'm talking about, and you know a few organizations that I'm talking about who I know specifically, verbally, and heard with my own ears and seeing my own eyes. These folks came out and were in support of Rome when Congo got invaded twice. And even recently, their donate a lot of their donations are by folks based in Rwanda. I know this because. I have a lot of friends in D.C. and I have a lot of friends in New York. So listen, fine. I'm gonna play a, a song. I'm gonna dedicate this song to all those folks out there who are jealous of the Congolese and the non-Congolese doing work on behalf of the DRC, like Dave Donaldson, who was mainly a grandfather. Dave, he wrote the book, so he's writing the book now, Hearts of Diapers. He likes that when I say it on his Facebook page, but. Dave supports Congo, and he's always gave respect to the Congolese. He's always gave voice to the struggle of the Congolese to raise awareness of what's going on. I've never seen him or known speak that he is the voice of the Congolese. He's an advocate for the Congo. He does it the righteous way. But these other cats, you don't fall in lockstep with them. You know what? They get jealous. So let's give a little, a little uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Jealousy. I'm going to dedicate this song to them. Hold up, hold up, people. There is a part. Hey, hold up. Stop, 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 stop. These interns have, you know, they're from this generation. They are over there just dancing like it's so was business over there. 
And the folks of my generation over here, like, kind of doing the WAP, but we're like, oh, my goodness, jealousy. That's right. We don't need no problem in DRC. Look, people, some of these folks are just jealous, you know. They address the fact that they can't relate to what's going on back home. They can't they, – they, they address the fact that there are people out there speaking on behalf of DRC, like Amina Kajuju and Sylvester Goma and Dave Donaldson and the brothers and sisters in the culture and the Anglos, the people, the Americans, the West. There are people out there that are supporting, you know, H, you know Vincent over there in, in Italy, my friends on Facebook, uh, Chitois over there in, in Jersey who was nominated last year who reached out to me. We have, uh, you know, Roger Muntu or we have HC out there in Maryland and stuff like that who reached out to me on Facebook. I ain't talking about those, those are the guys who are doing music. They're the ones doing video. They're the ones doing film. You got my brother Ome Congo got his book coming out. It actually came out, Grow Into Your Greatness. You know, he's going to be speaking, uh, I believe, on a panel in Miami sometime tomorrow. Uh, go to my Facebook page, check it out, dot com uh, forward slash Saeed DeBing. Those folks, you have uh, Nganguru down there, Tina, you have Solange, you have Huguette, Kosongo, you have all these people, Tanya out there, Kosongo, all these folks. They're doing, they're doing it for the love. But do these advocates running around, the Eve Enslers of the world, uh, they're out there running around trying to line with these people. Dr. McKen- uh, Mukegwa from Pansy Hospital came to the United States. I believe she was Eve, and, you know, Eve's doing her work and doing her stuff, what have you. But the man just seems so irritated to see him being led around like a pet. He's often telling people it's about the Rwandans. <laughs> you know, they are talking about the Rwandans. He said the Rwandans are doing this. The people saying the Rwandans are doing this. You know what she said? He said, I give her love. But she's only blaming the FDLR from the Rwandan uh, Hutu militia. She ain't blaming the Rwandan army. It's not, and, and, and by that I say, it seems like all this, all the, all the blame is being put on the 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 the, the, the Congolese themselves. When the dog, no, it's the Rwandans who started this whole thing. So now we have this City of Joy hospital being built out there that no one's seen a picture yet. And tell me something, when they leave this City of Joy, learning how to make equimbes, where are they supposed to go? You know, I remember my brother, Vemba, uh, there's a lady out there, in, I think he's in D.C. right now, told a story during the interview, I think it was of the Bay Area, what I have, I can't remember exactly, talked about a girl who came down, down to Sud Kivu, South Kivu, got the surgery, I don't know if it was at Pansy Hospital, uh, there's a lady, if you're listening, give me a shout out, let me know what's up, talking about how she was brutally raped, they fixed her up, and she kept saying, don't send me back there, don't send me back there, don't send me back there, don't send me back there. And I believe the story was they sent her back and she got raped again. I think she said he, she died. I'm not saying the way he said it, but let me tell you, it, 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 you could hear it in his voice. Look what was doing. He's out there talking to you in Bemba Desiree, out there talking about what's going on back home, doing it for the culture. But yet, do you see any of these organizations that are out there proclaiming to be on behalf of the Congo? And to tell these organizations, yeah, you might see them at the same panel or what have you. But, you know, like Maximus said in Gladiator, I don't really like panels because, as he said to uh, the senator, the time for half the, the time for half truth and talks is over. It's time to get. We've been talking. You get some Congolese intellectuals in the room with some intellectuals. They they will talk you into a revelation. People, reach out to me six four six five nine five two eight nine two six four six five nine five two eight nine two. You want to reach out to me if you listen to me live on the radio on the internet. You can chat with me live. Get to me a question. I'll flow back to you. So again, who speaks on behalf of the Congolese? You can ask that question. I'll ask that question to you. But for me, the person that speaks on behalf of the Congolese is a person that has love for the Congolese, the Congolese, love for the culture, has appreciation for the history. That's the person that can speak on behalf of the Congolese. And then you have the segment voices of, of advocacy within it. Then you have you know, the woman's children's voice, the elder's voice, the, uh, the uh, educational voice, the, the military voice. You know, a lot of Congolese soldiers didn't want to integrate with the militias. They wanted to kill them. They don't want to integrate with the rebels. They wanted to kill them. They're like, these folks betrayed the country, and now they're supposed to come out there. We're supposed to be our brothers. We're supposed to trust them. Why do you think the situation is, is the way it is now in Congo with the army and their blander? Because the same people who are bitching and moaning about the Congolese army are the same ones who are on the, on the soapbox with the microphone saying they have to integrate the militias and rebels with the Congolese army. 
what do you think was going to happen? And on top of that, they leave them in the same area. I mean, my memory might be hazy, Cassius, but Salina is safe. I got some glad here. But wasn't Nkunda, isn't he a Congolese sister who betrayed the country and was slaughtering at will? You know, that's the one that Ben Affleck gave a voice to, I believe, in the Times op-ed article that he read. And all of a sudden, Rwanda came in, quote-unquote, arrested Nkunda, took him in, and now Bosco's in charge of the CNDP, even though Bosco in Tagana, is that his name, is wanted for murder. So where's Nkunda? Because I know Rwanda, I know Kagame always likes to run his mouth about, we want that genocide that's hiding in Omaha. We want that genocide that's hiding in Alaska. We want that genocide that's hiding with the, with the Eskimos and, and the penguins up there in Antarctica. We want them back in Kigali for trial, you know, or Rush. But yet, you don't see him handing over Nkunda anytime soon. You don't see the people wanted for war crimes, for Spanish nuns, handed over anytime soon. And now I understand Sarkozy, president, is supposed to go down to Rwanda sometime soon, after Kagame was basically calling him out. You know what I mean? So for me, I think a lot of these people who want to start quoting history and want to start talking about what the Africans need to do or the Congo do, I think they need to shut the hell up back up or get back on and either get down with the mission of make, of bringing Congo back to its old, its old glory and beyond or just be like everybody else. Yeah, you talk a good game, but what were you doing back in 96 and 98? Because some of those cats out there, I know for a fact, were supporting Rwanda and were supporting MLC Uganda during the invasion. I know this. They know it. And the thing they don't like is that there's some people that do. So some folks want to get on the mic and talk about, I don't know what I'm talking about, or they want to say that, you know, this, this is the only way you, they can do something for Congo. Okay, cool. That's their right. But what exactly have they done to raise awareness of what's been going on in DRC? Because let me tell you, I said this to a good friend of mine, HC, in, in, down there in MD. The silence was broken years ago going on in the DRC. People just didn't understand what they were hearing because either the tribal, ethnic, Rwanda, Kagame, Tutsi, Hutu, Mobutu, all this stuff, they didn't understand what they were hearing. Silence was broken years ago. When people start getting happy about a Senate hearing, I'm like, that's nice. It's been a testimony. That's cool. But I have, I have boxes full of copies of Senate hearings going back to the, the late, the mid-80s when it was Zaire. Where are these people when Mobutu sabotaged the Conference de Nationale back in 92? Where are these people when the, 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 the Baluba were undergoing exodus in 92 out of Katanga? It was 92, I believe, right? Yeah. Where were they then? Where were they when the Congress was hunted down up there by Kisangan, the three refugee camps, along with the refugees from Rwanda, the Hutu refugees? When, what's his name, uh, Mary Beatrice, who wrote a book, Surviving the Slaughter? was being hunted across Congo. Man, I love to make that into a film. Was being hunted across Congo by the Rwandan army and militia. They were having their little lattes cooling out. They didn't care. But it's like this thing down in Haiti. You know, I think it was Jimmy John said it, or Wyclef said it, but I think Jimmy John said it. The outpouring of love for Haiti is, is beautiful. It's much appreciated, and it, it, it warms the heart. At the same time, just two weeks ago, None of these people gave a damn about Haiti. Let me tell you. They want people want to talk about, well, you know, we have to have the this in Congo. You know what? That's nice. But when you start doing fundraisers and you're giving maybe ten percent of the money to the Congolese women and the rest of the money goes to paying your little salaries, going to paying your overhead, your office space, traveling from conference and conference so you can get on a panel and speak to those that don't know and then act like you're making a difference. But when the question comes from in the Q&A from a Congolese who knows what's going on and you're trying to make like they're the enemy, brother, sister, let me tell you, what goes around comes around and you're going to be exposed. So the true voices of Congolese, it's not just one voice, it's many voices. It's not just one voice, it's many voices. 
And the person that's speaking on behalf of DRC is the person that's going to move DRC. Because let me tell you something, people. I saw my brother Omikongo in L.A. a couple months ago. I think it was at a Raise Hope fundraiser uh, event, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. He and, and J.P., John, uh, John Grass, and it was Young Hollywood. Now, these people are motivated. This is Young Hollywood. They, they, it takes a lot to get their attention. And I stood there in the back, two colonies in the whole place. There was like about 400 people in the, in the place that was sealed off, and there was more outside. I saw him get up there. I don't believe he even had a microphone. Yes, I believe he had a microphone. And I saw him lay down a poem. I don't know if it was uh, the name escaped, the name escapes me, uh, Hermanita or something like that. I saw him lay, I saw, no, that was John saying something. I saw him lay down a poem. That place, dead, quiet, memorized. I'm talking dead, quiet, memorized, looking around. People were focused on him. And I remember what he said, I don't know you, you don't know me, but as this moment, we are not connected. And they show the love for the culture. A lot of these people that are running around, and I say this as an example, not to my brother, but as an example, you want to talk about Lumumba, or you want to talk about Lele, or you want to go into other cultures, whatever. But a lot of these people, my brother made a, uh, he illustrated something I've always told, told people. We have a lot of people talking on behalf of Congo, but can't move the country. We have a lot of people talking on behalf of Congo, but they don't, they don't talk to the Congolese. They blame the West for most of the, most of the ills in Eastern Congo, yet they only talk to Western media about the issues in, in Eastern Congo. They don't talk to the Congolese people. When I did a memorial in New York, I sent an invitation to some of these folks that are supposed to be uh, advocating on behalf of Congo. Where were they? They never showed up. I know a few folks that had the same experience. But let there be a panel. Well, here they come. They can't move nobody. It's like you go to. It's like you know. It's like the Bible. You know, if you're a Christian, whatever you go to the scripture. I can quote. You know, I can talk about the Quran, the Torah. But my familiarity right now at the point is, is is the Bible. Is when I think it's Ezekiel 34, where they go talking, where they're talking to the bones in the valley. They're moving, they're shaking, but they're not standing. So he goes back and talks to God, and God says, you know, he talks to God and says, look, I'm talking, but they're moving, they're shaking, but they're not standing up. God says, don't talk to the bones. Talk to the wind. That's where the prophet, that's where the blessing is going to come. That's how you're going to move them. A lot of these people can't do that, run around and want to criticize folks about how they address Congo. But let me tell you, I saw my brother, Ome Congo. Check out omekongo.com, O-M-E-K-O-N-G-O.com, Ome Congo. And I saw other people. But I saw him, for example, speak to a room of three to three. 400 people of young Hollywood with money, dead silence. And if you can get the attention of that audience, that's saying something. So all I have, and mind you, he's a platinum level uh, speaker for Les Brown, by the way. Check out his book, go to his webpage, or look on Amazon for Grow Into Your Greatness, g.r.o.w. The people, a lot of these people I always say, and I say all the time, you're talking, you're talking, you're preaching to the choir. You need to go talk to the people that are outside the church. You need to talk to those people that want to come inside, but you're not saying it here. Because if they don't say what you want to hear, you want to attack them. Let me tell you, you want to talk about Lumumba? You want to talk about Mulele? You want to talk about these, these people that fought for Amakal, Cabral, Sankara, all these people, whatever, whoever you want to talk in any culture, even uh, President Obama looks at Abe Lincoln. It's the person that moves the people, that moves the nation. It's not the, it's not the person that moves the media that moves is the person that moves the people that moves the nation. So you can have your little panel and talk around some light minded people and talk about black people getting killed in Africa or, you know, the Western stuff and like stuff like that. And it's the, the Americans and the British. But I'm sorry. If you're not speaking on behalf of the Congolese back home who are bearing the brunt of this extermination, who's who are our relatives and family, you need to sit down and shut up. And I'm speaking on the real. And folks don't like it. I don't care. Because let me tell you, sooner or later you're going to be exposed. So the question becomes, and I'll tell you with my little description, with so many people pretending to be spokesmen or spokeswomen for Congo, it's become difficult to know who really is on Congo's side and who's on her side for personal gain. And today we're going to talk about that. And people, we did talk about that. Now let's come back a little bit. I want to do something in this moment of, of, of 
uh, sadness, all right? It's 85% Catholic. They're a very religious culture, very prayerful, very spiritual people, the Haitians. So I want to do a little segment, if you allow me, about four minutes, do a little song. And I want anybody to say a prayer for them. Jimmy John, Wendy Abraham, Mark Rodney, Patrick, Abishion, my man, Nezair, Bruno Dredd, back in anymore, but back in Boston, our, our, our Haitian people out there, Sway, all our Haitians. I'm going to play a song called More Love, More Power. It's not about just the Christianity of the origin of the song, reference to the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. It's about supporting them in this time. So you made a donation, okay. You thought you can, fine. Much love to you. But I want to take a moment during this show to give love to the Haitians because those are our people down there. And they found a woman alive, buried alive after 15 days of rubble. What are, we, what are you suffering that, can't, that you want to give up hope if you're able to walk out your door tomorrow? This is dedicated to my Haitian brothers and sisters. Let's say a prayer. Let's make a difference. And we'll be right back.
People, people. That's why Haitian brothers and sisters, more love, more power. We're sending you all a lot of love down there in Haiti. And we're sending you a lot of power through prayer, regardless of faith. You know, they're the ones that over they're the ones that overthrew the French Republic back in the day. I know for our our cool the the children being taught that, but it's true. And the Haitians can be respond they're the ones responsible for Napoleon's empire crumbling regardless of what people want to say. Because you know, Haiti back in the day, uh Santo Domingo, right, was basically the 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 cash cow for fire. And after they got their independence and became AT, which is named after the indigenous people, A-Y-T-I, I believe it was, then they went over there and helped liberate the eastern part of the island from the Spaniards and for about 40 years occupied there, that country. And then, you know, also the Haitians who supported, whose army, I think it was Dessaline gave permission to use the army for Simon Bolivar war against the Spaniards. So let's not, let's stop this ridiculousness about HIV, AIDS, and the funny jokes about Haitians. And they talk about, you know, they don't wear white socks because their ankles are gray, and it's the poorest nation. They're not the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. If you do your research, you'll find out who it is. And if their economic situation is what it is or what it was, let me tell you right now, it's not because they had a lot of external support to keep them down the way they were. You don't believe me? Go study the history of Duvalier, Baby Doc, and Papa Doc. All right? So for me... Right now, it's not about the political question. It may seem like I was going out direction. But right, for me, is we have to remember the struggle of the people, whether they're of the West Indian descent, Latino, Latino descent, you know, Eastern Europeans, Asian, whatever. We have to remember the struggle, which is the human nature. And right now, when it comes back to DRC, who's the voice of Congo? Do you know who it is? If your heart is pure, think about Congo because you have love for the people, love for the culture, love for human rights and dignity, love for the rights of women and children, love for the rights to be free as a human being, then you're the spokesman for Congo because your heart is where it's supposed to be. You're putting Congo first. As people put God first, you're putting Congo first. I'm not saying it's in your life. You're putting Congo first in your advocacy or whatever culture you're advocating for or fighting for or, or struggling to uh, elevate or redeem or resuscitate or whatever. The other person that's the spokesperson for Congo. We have different voices. Not Tyler Perry's film isn't the film for all of the community, you know. Quentin Tarantino's movies aren't the film for all of the Anglo community, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we have that voice within Congo. You have the West, you have the East, you have the Bakongo, you have the Baluba, you have the, ba, the, the Bakusu, you have the Bashi, the Nandi. They were getting, the Nandi were getting slaughtered by the Rwandans when they came in. They specifically wanted the Nandi slaughtering them, you know what I mean? I think. Kambala is, is Nandi. We had talked. I think he's Nandi Obashi. We talked about that. And, you know, they all want. They wiped. They were. They were hunting them down. And the Bashi, then the Bashi, and everybody else, whatever. Look, you're a spokesperson for Congo. If you're putting Congo first in your advocacy. If you're putting yourself first in your before Congo, you need to step back and, and reflect on why you're doing this. You know, either roll with Congo or get rolled on. Life has a funny way of making these things. You're making money off DRC. But what's DRC making off you? You're talking about exploitation. All right. Why don't you have create some create something and set up something that's gonna have a dollar text message and um, you know, raise money for the hospital being being built in Leisure Bolay and in, in, in Kasai, Bujimai, spearheaded by Leisure Bolay. I think Naya Kalubi on her Facebook was talking about how there is a sunlight panel program taking place at the Kalala Hospital. I think it's the Andrew Sunlight, can't believe exactly what it's called, but she's leading that initiative. So there's a lot of initiatives out there if you really want to support Congo. Building a clinic here, supporting a clinic there, edu, educongo.org, run by my younger brother, Lukusa and Yanga. That's E-D-U. C-O-N-G-O.org. Public announcement service. There's a school back home that my uh, uncle, Tonton, uh, Pierre Rogers running. He's my dad's younger brother. And when I see that, I'm just moved because it just shows it's in the blood. They're not out there criticizing the Congolese. They're out there doing what they can for Congo. Now, I know a lot of people call me the Tupac of the Congolese community, but, you know, so what? My love's for the culture. Because let me tell you, I've lost people in this invasion. So for me, Congo is not some abstract thing to talk about in the thesis. Congo's in my blood. So if you want to speak for Congo, speak for Congo. But speak for the people. 
But don't criticize or attack somebody else just because they don't agree with your platform. You may find somebody else. No, what I'm, I'm criticizing or, or I'm highlighting, whatever you want to say, or a constructive discourse, what I am pointing out is this, this little tit for tat of attacking people who don't speak on behalf of Congo because the way you think they should has to come to an end. Because when peace comes to Congo, you're really going to see who's been there for Congo and who's not. Because those that have been there for Congo, their revenue stream isn't based on what's Congo. Those that have been there for Congo based on, getting, uh, on money for their own cause will fade away like the old empires because the revenue stream is going to dry up. Let's take that, people. I'm out of here. We've got a few minutes left. Let's get out of here on a high note. Let's go to my man, Young Dave. I'm not Bengala. Let's get down to the cut. Show how we do things. People, thanks for listening. I'm going to try to be back next Saturday on a regular time at 6 p.m. People, later on, side to bring you live and direct out of Los Angeles in the studio, shutting down for the evening, but not shutting down for Congo. One love, DRC, just DRC, and only DRC. And like the Road Warriors said, you don't like it, we don't care. I'm out. Young Dave, bring me some other music all right, to, to, to a, a, a hip-hop beat. Show how we do back in the quinoa.
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.